It's March 11th, 2021, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Once again, hello everyone from Dallas. Thank you again for joining us. We are sort of I don't I hate to say we've reached a milestone, but maybe in some ways it is because Today marks the one-year anniversary of when the World Health Organization actually declared COVID-19 as a pandemic. And for most of us, probably you two, I know for me, for Matthew, it is hard to fathom that an entire year has passed since all the all the sort of craziness started, or that we've even been dealing with this for that long. The pandemic's been going on for on for that long. I was just talking with a friend in Denver, and he reminded me that this time last year, he was here in Dallas, and we were going out for dinner and drinks. And I just was like, oh my gosh, that is, that's, it's, it has literally been a year since, since that had happened. And so, very sort of surreal experience, but hopefully some of you have been able to go out and get your vaccinations, and so you're getting your shots and starting to feel like maybe there is a a light at the end of the tunnel and that there is at least a return to some sort of sense of normalcy. I know I'm, I'm finally becoming eligible for my shot. And so I'm looking forward to that and getting this sense that, okay, I can go back to doing some of the things that I've really missed doing, including one of those, one of those big things. And I think a lot of people are doing this is just the chance to get to travel again, to, to be able to leave town and go to another city over the last well, probably not the last year, but at least the last three or four months, I've been creating this list in my head of, you know, who do we go to visit? And possibly who do we, who gets who gets to see us first or who do we get to see first? We even opti- optimistically, very optimistically, booked our room for New Orleans for Labor Day like we would normally do. We figure, well, we'll go ahead and book it. If we have to cancel it at the beginning of August, that's fine. But but we went ahead and booked our room because we're determined that okay, we're gonna be in New Orleans just like it used to be come Labor Day. So we're hoping for that. And then, of course, our reservation for QS for last year has just been pushed forward. So that's already in the works. But the one thing that James and I never talked about was really doing any sort of international travel. Most of the talk is about seeing our friends here in the States. But I know that I think, well, just from what I've seen, I think, and you've seen it too, Matthew, that, that People are actually already starting to to do some international travel, which seems kind of odd to me, but but there it is. I've seen I, I know I've seen several Facebook posts of of people who travel to places abroad already. I, I I'm, I'm not honestly not sure how I'd get on a plane just yet, but everyone had seen safe so far. Faye's, Faye's entire extended family is in Brazil. So I know that has always been on the list of, of places that we want to go in, in the next couple of years. <laughs> Maybe not right now because the twins are in that terrible two stage where everything is just a complete disaster. But so, so we'll probably wait a bit, but just, just to be safe. But in, in general, I think, I think, I think that is a, a definite aspiration for everybody as we can start to see a end of this dark tunnel. And so for this podcast, we thought we'd talk a little bit about some of the more unique international hotel stays that you might want to go visit when you start traveling again. 
And for once, nobody's talking about the resorts in Bali that literally just sit on the water. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's been a little oversaturated with with those types of images. And so instead, we thought we'd talk about some places that you might not think of when you when you think international travel. However, before we dig into that, we wanted to share some of the more unusual places that we've experienced because sometimes you don't have to go too far to get to the weird. Yeah, I kind of hate to say weird when we talk about travel, but but I've had a few experiences here in, in the U.S. that really, I think, sort of fit that mold. James and I don't really do a lot of international travel. Usually it's been like on a cruise or, or James has to hop a plane to go somewhere for work. Actually, his last trip, his last work travel trip overseas was to Manila, just as everything was really starting to crank up and COVID was starting to look like it'd be, it would be a really serious problem. And we weren't sure how that was going to go, but but he managed to get there and get back and be safe and sort of dodge that bullet. But for me, most of my travel, most of my trips really have centered around conferences and these these whatever city the conference happens to be in. And consequently, that's, that's where these two sort of strange experiences or strange places kind of come into play. Oddly enough, both involve the exact same conference. So, so maybe it's a question of the conference organizer thinking, how are you finding these hotels? Because <laughs> each one really was something else. The, the first one was, it was a W Hotel in Chicago, the Lakeside W and it's a it's a W, you know. It's it's nice. It's a nice hotel, but I I don't know who the, did the dec- decor because I opened the door to my room, and my first thought was, I would not have been surprised to have found a couple of people halfway dressed, passed out on the bed with like knocked over vodka bottles in the room, and maybe a little dusting of white powder on one of the end tables because it felt like I was walking into sort of this, I don't know. 80s cocaine chic. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. But the the there was a king bed and they had created a banquette along sort of behind the bed and then down along one wall. And then there was a a built-in end table with this smoky mirror on it. And I'm just like, it looks like a party room. It looks like a, a like really there should be like a, a a pile of coke on the mirror. And they actually had a pole that went from the the nightstand right next to the bed up to the ceiling. I'm like Midget strippers. I mean, I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to figure out what I'm looking at here. So it was just really odd. And then the next year, we show up in Denver and to this DoubleTree hotel. And keep keep in mind, we don't pick these hotels ourselves. the The conference organizer for the national organization does this. So so you're checking in. And you've got no idea really what what's in store for you. So we get to the hotel and the Elevator takes you up to your floor, and you it gets off, and you know, you're used to hearing the ding on the elevator, and there's this light ding, but all of a sudden there's this voice announcing that you're on whatever theme your floor happens to be, and most of the floors happen to be a lot of movie and and TV and comic books and that sort of sort of thing. So it was this voice announcing that you were you know welcome to the movie floor, and you're like oh my gosh this is just weird, and every single time so so going into this hotel not not sure what to expect and it was it was my room was just like a regular room but but apparently they also have themed hotel rooms so you could stay in the star trek room or the ghostbusters room or the disco room and and i'm just grateful great <laughs> grateful that they just booked a regular room because i don't know that i could have handled the barbie room 
or, or the, the, um, the big hair floor. So yeah, it's, it's, it was definitely, definitely what by far the most unusual place that I think I've ever stayed. And as it turns out, I didn't even have to leave the country. So I thought that was, was, I just wanted to share that because since this is part of the international series, we wanted to share some international places. And Matthew, I think you got, you got sort of surprised by the first really unusual sort of unique hotel that you stayed at. Yeah, we were doing an international trip through England and Ireland, and I left most of the hotel planning to Faye because she likes finding the good deals and 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 she's really good at it anyway. So so I was like, okay, you you do all that. And so on our very last day, she told me she had a really cool little surprise. And so we drive out to the middle of nowhere, Northern Ireland, and we check into this really cool hotel, but it's not a hotel. It's kind of a, I guess the best word is glamping, but basically what it was, was it was a, a bubble dome hotel and each, I guess, campsite had an inflated fabric bubble dome where you walked through this airlock. You, as you pass through the airlock, you drop your, your luggage off there and then you enter your room, which is, it's essentially a, a snow globe on a really fancy wooden pallet that in the middle of the woods, but it looks, it looked absolutely amazing. We had an incredible time there and, and the views that you got both in the morning as the sun is coming up and just at night when you're looking at the stars, they were just absolutely incredible. Now I, I would say that it, it did get fairly cold just because it was October in Ireland and, and the, 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 the thermal <laughs> comfort was literally coming from the heated bed rather than any kind of traditional air conditioning system. So then there was a little bit of air conditioning, but it just, it wasn't enough to keep the entire place completely comfortable. But I would say overall, it, it, it felt like you were in a snow globe and you were on the inside of the snow globe looking out and, and it was, it was the coolest experience and, and the best way I feel like that she could have, that Faye could have surprised me to end our trip with. It was a really cool experience and one that I would recommend to anybody traveling the middle of nowhere, Northern Ireland. That's really cool. I think that's, that's amazing. And I think I would be almost a little disturbed by, by the whole idea of, of sort of being in a snow globe, but, but I could see that being really, really beautiful, especially if you're, if you're really out in the country and you just have that sort of field of vision for all the stars and stuff. I think that's really neat. And it's a shame that James and I have not done more international travel. We do have friends that tend to go to the resorts like down in Mexico. And so, you know, we, we don't have anything to sort of compare to that really, but, but that sort of brings me to one of the places that, that we found that we thought might be sort of a unique hotel and unique place to stay. And, and it's, it is a resort, but it's the hotel Costa Verde in Costa Rica. And it's everything that you would sort of think is sort of fairly standard for a resort. You know, you have the individual rooms, you have some guest cottages, it's sort of close to the beach, and it's it's all those sorts of things that, oh, hey, it's a tropical hotel resort kind of place, whatever. The only thing that really stands out, and I think that makes this sort of a unique visit, is the fact that they have an 
Avianca Boeing 727 fuselage that is actually mounted up in the trees that you can rent as it's like a, it's a hotel suite. And what they did was they salvaged the whole, this airframe from, you know, this got this old Boeing 727 and, They've turned it into this large hotel suite that sort of has its own terrace. Not sort of, it actually has its own terrace. There's two bedrooms, there's two baths, there's living, dining. I think there's even a kitchenette. And then like the really cool part is that it's right at the edge of the national park. And it's high up enough that you get ocean view. And since you're next to the park, you get a jungle view. The only concern I really would have about that would be that how friendly are the sloths and the monkeys? that might be in the national forest. <laughs> I just imagine myself sitting on the deck, maybe having a glass of wine. And all of a sudden, maybe one of the local monkeys drops by to say hi. I, I, I think it would freak me out just a little bit. I think it'd still really be a cool place to visit and a really different experience. So I think if you're looking for something that's that still sort of is resort adjacent, because you're still part of the resort itself, but not your typical stay in a resort, I think that the the the, the Hotel Costa Verde would really really be the place place to go. And that's South America. I know Matthew, you found a houseboat in in Paris. Yeah, so for our second of the the unique places that you might want to travel, I was searching Airbnb for some fun places to go and found a houseboat in the middle of Paris that is so it's docked on the River Seine in in Paris. It's a it's it's a unique 1931 houseboat that has been restored and maintained in the state that it it used to be back way back when. And so you can you and you'd have the boat all to yourself. Now you have to cook. Well, you know, I th- I think cooking might be a thing not to worry about because you really are right there on the on the river and right in the heart of Paris, right? Yeah, it, it's it's got easy access to the Eiffel Tower, the Champs Elysees, the Notre Dame. It it's the the location is absolutely perfect, and on top of that, you're staying on a houseboat. That's pretty darn cool in my book. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that would be, be would certainly be a unique way to see Paris. It would be something really different. James and I talked about, uh, back before the pandemic hit, we had talked about spending our 25th anniversary doing a river cruise down the Rhine and hitting all the Christmas markets. But I hadn't actually thought about just having a place docked in, you know, on the river in Paris just to be able to hop off and, and run down to the Champs-Élysées or, or Eiffel Tower or anywhere like that. I think that's that's really cool. Like I said, we don't do a lot of international travel, so I'm having to look at look at places, and I'm thinking, okay, we're going to go here. I think we're going to go here. And, and one of the places that really caught my attention was this place in Finland, and I am going to butcher the name to absolutely no end. So everybody hold on to your seats. It's called. Kaxlauten, Kaxlautenen. <laughs> I, I can't say it. Anyway, it's you, you, we'll we'll make sure to make a note of that for you guys somewhere. Kaxlautenen. Uh, anyway, it's it's an Arctic resort in Finland. But the thing that that really sort of caught my attention was just the, some of the visuals. And I think everyone's heard of the Ice Hotel in Sweden. And if you haven't. 
it's exactly like it sounds. It's this hotel that has been created out of ice blocks and snow. And you can actually spend the night in the ice hotel, except that it's the only thing you can do in the room. You can sleep in the room, and that's about it. Because the temperature hovers around 20 degrees, which means if you want to use the restroom, you actually have to get up and go to the main building to make it happen because there's not a toilet anywhere in the room. So, which I, I guess for most people means you better not have a lot of water before bed or there's going to be a problem. But the place that, that I found that I think tops that, this, the, well, I'm not going to try to pronounce it again. But anyway, this place in Finland is just, just looks so much more incredible because you can sleep in a glass-topped igloo. And, and you, they have sort of this almost field of these igloos. And it just looks so cool because you, I, I think it kind of goes back to what Matthew was saying about that sort of feeling of being inside a snow globe. Not quite that extreme, but you can lay in the bed and you have just this dome above you. So you're laying in bed and you can look up at the stars, you can watch the northern lights. And I, I don't know what could beat that other than the fact that, well, you know, you actually have a toilet in your room, so you don't have to go outside to <laughs> to go find one. Now, you can't shower in the igloo, but, but at least you can you know get up in the middle of the night and use the restroom. The place also has like log cabins and chalets and other other areas, but for me, I think that's that's really the igloo thing would be the the coolest thing to do. And what we'll do is is we'll go and and we're going to tag all the websites for the hotels and stuff, and and so you can go to the Architecture Geeks website or our Instagram and, and find the find the the uh, links to look at the to look at the photos and stuff, but. For this hotel, look at the the ones at night because it just really, really is a unique visual, and I think it definitely makes for what I would call a very unique stay. And my my fourth and, and on number four on our list, uh, and one that is near and dear to my geeky heart, would have to be a Hobbit hotel stay in New Zealand. <laughs> And as anybody who has seen Lord of the Rings knows, I'm pretty sure all of it was, I'm pretty, 100% of it was filmed in New Zealand. Is that about right? I, th- I think that's it. I, th- I think it was all filmed in New Zealand. Well, probably most of it, I'm sure there was some that was filmed probably in the studio. But yeah, they, they really, they set up in New Zealand and, and built, um, I think after the second movie, they built sustainable sets. So you can actually go and, and visit Hobbiton, so to speak. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 there in New Zealand. Yeah. So while you can't actually stay in any of the movie sets, you can just kind of go visit. There is one place that we found that is it's a Hobbit hole in the middle of <laughs> of New Zealand. Now it's it's again it falls under that glamping category that that I think kind of appeals to both Faye and me just because we're not roughing it on the ground completely or anything, but if you look at this hotel, it's just, or this, this particular room, it's buried into the side of a mount into the, into the side of a hill. It has a great view. It's got a, it's got a little bridge with, with a stream running underneath it. The whole thing is very picturesque and, and very Lord of the Ringsy, but also it, it, that's on the exterior. If you if you look on the inside, it's actually got kind of a 
a medieval or maybe a Game of Thrones kind of vibe to it. So I would kind of, <laughs> it's a it's a mashup of Lord of the Rings and, and Game of Thrones in a, in a very unique setting that allows you to completely unplug from the grid because there's no electricity, there's no internet, there's no TV there. It, it, is, it is completely isolated. So you're there to enjoy the setting and, and hopefully the, the serenity of the place, not necessarily have to, any of the modern conveniences like electricity or anything like that. Yeah, I don't know I'd, if I would do that well with that. I think I, I'd have to really need to get away <laughs> to stay there. It sounds really cool. I mean, it, it, and I like the idea of sort of this mixture of, of Hobbit and, and um, Game of Thrones and sort of paints a sort of unusual picture. But, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure that I could un- unplug quite that far. But I do like this idea of glamping. And that's, that's going to take us to our last location, the last place we're going to talk about. Because I don't, know, I don't know if you would call it glamping or not, but we found a place called the Tree Hotel which is essentially, I guess, really tree houses in Sweden, but not what you would think of as a sort of typical tree house. And, and if you're into nature, if you're into sort of camping, I think this could be a really nice alternative because how could you beat really sleeping among the trees in Sweden? You've got a view to the river. You've got a view to the river valley. You've got a view to the forest. So you have all this nature all around you. And here you are sort of up hovering above the ground in the trees. The hotel's located in a small village, like 600 people small. And they have a guest house, and then all the individual rooms themselves are actually located up in the trees. So between September and March, you can hang out and watch the Northern Lights. Or during the summertime, if you just are a big fan of daylight, you can hang out then because apparently there's light all day long. And I'm not sure that I would consider that a selling point for visiting, but I'm hoping that somewhere in there they have some really good shade so that, you know, you could really, (laughs) really get some sleep. But what I think really is the unique aspect of this hotel and and visiting there, aside from the treehouse aspect, is that each room is its own sort of pod. So every room is truly unique. You have the mirror cube, which is surrounded by mirrored walls that reflect and blend in with all the surroundings. And so it gives you sort of this illusion that the room is glass from floor to ceiling, even though it's not. And they also have a a balcony that's hidden behind the facade so that you can actually be outside and enjoy the outdoors without actually being seen. There's also a tree trunk that apparently grows through the room. And this is what they're sort of hanging the frame of of the room off of. Then you have what they call the UFO, and it is literally suspended by wires and beams that are connected to the trees. So when you're in it, apparently you can feel this thing move. Now to get in it, you have to go up a collapsible ladder that comes up through the floor, which means you can't take in a large suitcase or anything, but given that you're coming up a ladder, I don't know that that's really important. And it turns out the same architect who designed this, and that's what's the other thing that I think is unique about this is that these are architect designed spaces. And this guy, Bertel Harstrom, my apologies if I mispronounced that, also created the room that they call the bird's nest. And if you look at the photo, you're going to get that sense that, yes, you're looking at a bird's nest. Or maybe it's just a tree that didn't make it through the winter season and all that's left are the branches. It's one of the two, but it really sort of embodies that idea of the bird's nest, I think. And if that wasn't the, if you didn't see the ladder dropping down from it, 
you probably would never notice that there's a hotel room there. But what really makes this uh, extra, I guess, <laughs> I hate to use the word extra because it sounds so trendy, but the hotel itself is very eco-friendly. If you are focused on environmental issues, this is a place for you to go visit because the rooms are built on live trees without actually destroying any of the trees or chopping any of the trees down. All the electricity comes from the local hydroelectric power. You have combustion toilets and water that is actually drawn from a sustainable water system, and they give you enough, essentially, that you can wash your hands. It means you still have to go to the guest house to shower, but but the the plus side of all of that is that you don't have all of this sewer infrastructure that's running from each room. You don't have water pipes running to rooms, all this stuff running through the trees in the forest and, and creating opportunities for damage to the ecosystem. So they're, so they're really, really super friendly. And, and I, I just want to jump in here real quick because yes, he did say combustion toilets. <laughs> that that just completely blew my mind as we were discussing this because I've heard of you know you have your standard flushing toilets. You you if you want to go super green, you can even have composting toilets. But something I had never heard of until this very moment was combustion toilets. And apparently, it's this thing that you you don't even have to have. It, it, it takes the waste from the toilet and just turns it into a small pile of ash that you can then dispose of however you see fit. But there's there's no plumbing that goes to it. Like like Larry mentioned, there, there's no plumbing that goes to it. There's no there's nothing external other than an electrical input that you can that can be provided by said hydroelectric dam just down the street. I'm sorry, but the <laughs> But and I even I even I even looked up the company website and it's built there. There's a company in Dallas that builds these combustion toilets and and the first the the visual that comes to mind is 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 not a fun one, especially when you, you think, oh, okay, I'm just going to flush the toilet and the whole thing's going to explode. <laughs> but um, oh, it, architecture. Geek, architecture geek moment right there just just combustion toilets and apparently it's a thing but it's really really cool well and i suspect this is going to be something in a future podcast so so we may be talking poop for quite a bit uh, at one point so everyone sort of brace yourselves it is funny what really excites us from time to time but hopefully hopefully when you go travel you're not thinking about the toilets you're just thinking about where you're going to and, and looking for a fun place or something really unique to go to um, there are places all over the world that that offer that opportunity but we wanted to share with you these five things and some of our own experiences because it feels like we are getting to that point again when we are gonna have the opportunity to travel and do something more than just you know go down the street or or go with Ted Cruz over to Mexico. So for all of you guys who've been listening, we appreciate your time. We hope that you are all doing well. Like I said, we are going to have um, these links to these hotels located on the Architecture Geeks, Geeks website or in our Instagram and or in our Instagram. But as always, if you want to reach me, you can reach me at Spotted Dog Arch on Twitter and Instagram or just email me, Larry at SpottedDogArchitecture.com. And you can find the podcast 
online at architecturegeeks.com. You can find our Instagram at Architecture Geeks Podcast. And please be sure to stay at a place with a combustion toilet. <laughs> Again, <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.